harmed anybody. They were left in the women's bathroom. thinking when it occurs to you, you might not be paying attention to the sermon, so. (laughs) So, look at the title of this sermon. Give me some dough. That could be taken so many areas, but we are focusing on the Lord's Prayer, and so guess which verse? Guess which verse? Give us this day our daily bread. And, you know, when I was in seminary, there was a word that I struggled with for my first half of my first quarter of theology. It just didn't stick. And I thought, how fun, I can use it today. It's one of those, like, wow, it actually comes in handy. And don't answer this if you're seminary trained. What is the word prolegomena? Like that word? Prolegomena. Now, what would be really funny would be to put the seminary-trained people on the line and see if they remember. But I won't. Tempting though it is. Prolegomena is that which we assume to be true before we ever start talking about something. Okay, so if we're talking about God, what is, what is part of the prolegomena? That there is a God. Does that make sense? So as I'm looking at preaching on the Lord's Prayer, I thought, You know, I made an assumption. I made an assumption that you were like the disciples who said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Didn't I? I assumed that you pray. And I assumed that you want to learn to pray. And I don't know whether that's a correct assumption or not. But I did find three excuses that people use for not praying. I want to share them with you. The first one's called the boring excuse. I would pray if I had something exciting to share with God, but I live a pretty boring life. Do you think that the guy that created the universe cares what I had for lunch or if I had a good day? I think I would put him to sleep. Anybody have boring prayers? The busy excuse. I would pray if I wasn't so busy, but I have to drive a half hour to work each morning by myself, then work all day, and then have only three to four good TV watching hours before I go to bed. There's just no time to squeeze any prayers in. And finally, the loophole excuse. I would pray, but I don't have to. Because three years ago, I said a prayer and I didn't say amen. So technically, that prayer never ended. So according to the prayer clock, I have been praying for three years straight. I am assuming that you are praying. I am assuming that you seek to pray in a way that honors God and Jesus taught us this prayer. So, let's say together, Matthew 6, 9 through 11. <laughs> it's so fun looking at your face like, what is that? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Stop. That's as far as it goes so far. So what is daily bread? I have known people who talk about bread as money. Hence, give us a dough. Give us some bread. What is daily bread? Basic necessities, needs. Martin Luther wrote in 1529, What does daily bread mean? Everything that nourishes our body and meets its needs, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, yard, fields, cattle, money, possessions, a devout spouse, devout children, devout employees, devout and faithful rulers, good government, peace, health, discipline, honor, good friends, faithful neighbors, and other things like these. All of that Martin Luther prayed for with, give us this day our daily bread. <laughs> Pretty powerful. Yes, it is provision for spiritual need, or for physical need. And there are examples in Scripture, probably the most well-known is when. When did God directly provide bread? The manna in the wilderness. And it's interesting to look at how this comes about. In Exodus 16, the Lord says to Moses, I'm going to rain down bread from heaven for you, and every day you're to go out, you're to gather it, but you're to gather only enough for that day. He says, in this way, I will test them to see whether they can follow my instructions. Only go out and gather enough that day. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, prepare enough for two days. Why? Because you have the Sabbath the next day. And then Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, in the evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaining. Oh, I'm so glad he listens when I complain. I'm so glad. The word for bread here, do you know what it means in Hebrew? You ready to take in something really new and deep? It means bread. <laughs> Grain bread. Nothing deep. It means bread. And he says, I will test them and see if they follow my instructions. Then, he says a couple of verses later, the Lord spoke to Moses and said, At twilight you shall eat meat, because he also sent them quail. And in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So, I want you to picture right now, you don't know this story, that you're out in the wilderness, you've been there for a couple months, into the second month, and you've just been told that in the morning, the Lord is going to rain down bread from heaven. What do you think it's going to look like? I mean, if you didn't know this story, what do you think they are thinking? I don't know. 
but I'm thinking, I've heard of it raining cats and dogs. I've heard of it raining buckets. When Kara and I were in Detroit this last week, we went across the street from where the conference was to a restaurant. Seriously, across the street. Probably, would you say, Kara, from here to the doors, the north doors. And we walked back, and it was raining so hard that we were soaked, seriously, clear through. All layers of clothing. It was raining that hard. That's bucket to me. But when you think about it, if you ask a small child, what are they picturing? Buckets. Cats, dogs, really? It's going to rain bread. And for a couple of insane moments, I pictured demonstrating this in some fun ways. But I thought it would get out of control because I know some people like to throw things. And so, but picture rolls falling down and slices of bread. And see, the problem is the Middle Eastern bread is kind of flat and oval, and so it could be a really easy frisbee. And so <laughs> I just decided that was not a good idea. But imagine what they're thinking. What is God going to do? The next morning, when the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine, flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? This is wilderness, Middle East. It's like frost. They've never probably seen frost. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord commanded, and he goes through again and tells them exactly how much they're to take. And Moses said to them, let no one leave any of it over until the morning. So out they go, they follow the instructions, they gather, and they take it, and they have enough to eat. But do you think there were people who disobeyed? I'm sure none of us would ever gather more than we need in any area of our lives, would we? But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and became foul. And Moses was angry with them. Has God's provision for you ever ended up being something different than you expected? You pray for one thing, you don't get that one thing, you get something else. And sometimes it's as, it's as surprising as the manner. It's, it's God's blessing, but it wasn't what you thought. I know of some who have prayed for jobs. They've lost their jobs. What are they praying for? A job. A job. Lord, please. I need a job. I need to support my family. The answers to those prayers for some have been anonymous gifts. Work crews from the church, lots of helping hands has been a part of that. Food brought over, odd jobs given to earn money. Has God given daily bread? Absolutely. And in the process of having to depend on God day by day by day, what happens to one's relationship with God? If you have to depend on it, if what you have and what you're able to do isn't going to do it, isn't going to make it, and you depend on God, and when, not if, He provides, 
Because look at your face. It grows. It grows. I know some who have prayed for help. They didn't get the physical healing that they were looking for, but they got spiritually healed. As they walked the journey and got closer to God and learned exactly what it means to be held in the arms of Jesus at those darkest, scariest times. There's another study or a story in the Old Testament about bread that I found interesting as well. This is the story in First Kings about Elijah and the widow. And it's a time when there's no rain. Again, tough stuff. There's drought. When you're a widow at this time, you have nothing. You have nothing. If your husband's gone, you have nobody, uh, unless you're lucky enough to have a close family member to take care of you. And so there's a widow, and she's gathering sticks. And along comes Elijah, and he says to her, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? No problem with that. It says, as she was going to get it, he called, and please bring me a piece of bread. She's hungry. And she says, as surely as your Lord gives, she replies, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. That's called being at the end of your rope. One more meal. Just enough for one more meal. And then there's nothing else coming. Elijah says to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do what I asked you to do. Okay, do it. Do it. Make a small loaf of bread for me. Bring it to me. And the Lord God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up. And the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. And that's exactly what happened. She obeys, trusting that he is speaking for the Lord, and she gives it all away. Here she was again. You know, we look at our provision, what God has done for us. It's hard for us sometimes to give the leftovers. It's hard to get, it's like the prayer thing. i got to watch too much TV. I don't have time to pray. I have to spend my money and my time on these things. I, I can't do it for God. This woman is like the widow's mite. She gave it all. And it says, they never went hungry. God provided. God provided. Give us this bread, our daily bread. Meet our needs for today. Do we trust? that Jesus will meet our needs? Do we? Sometimes we don't. I know that because very shortly after, in Matthew 6, Jesus has to talk to him about worrying. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, what about your body, what you will wear. And then he goes on. He ends it with, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. We had physical bread. Now we have spiritual bread. Is it such a thing? Every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Jesus explained some of this as he was tempted in the wilderness. And the devil comes to him. Jesus is hungry. Forty days. No bread. 
And Satan comes to him and says, if you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And he says, it is written. Where is it written? In Deuteronomy. Listen to this. He humbled you, this is Moses speaking, by letting you hunger, then by feeding you with manna, with which neither you nor your ancestors were acquainted, in order to make you understand that one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. They were so dependent, and God spoke that manna into being. They began to understand then, and Jesus is going to make it more clear as he teaches through his time with the disciples. In John 6, 48, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Have we heard that one before? I am the bread of life. John 6, 49 to 51, your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Physical need, spiritual need, and hunger. Hunger. Do you want him to teach you how to pray? Do you want to pray for that daily bread? Give us this day our daily bread. Give it to who? What did I just say? Us? Well, I don't know about you, but when I pray the Lord's Prayer, it's kind of me. Even if I say us, it's me. It's me. Lord, help me. Help me. Right? Give us. Remember I talked about the very first week. This is our. Us. Which means that when we pray this, we're not just praying it for ourselves. We're praying this for our whole congregation. Give us, give Faith Covenant Church, Lord, its daily bread. Give us our basic needs. Lord, please meet our spiritual needs. Pray for all of us to spend time in the Word to be part of a small group, to come to church on a regular basis, to be filled by the Spirit. Give us this day our daily bread. That's what you're praying. That's what you're praying. But be ready for the unusual way that God answers prayer. I have learned over my life, God has a tremendous sense of humor. And so I, I never know. Are you willing to be the answer that God brings? Are you willing to be God's answer to someone in physical need who is praying that prayer? Are you willing to be God's answer to someone in spiritual need who's praying that prayer? Are you willing? Are you aware that by asking God to provide your bread, your daily bread, you are asking Him to nourish you his word. Are you aware of your needs physically? Probably more so than spiritually. 
going to ask you to spend a couple of moments and to think about those seven words. Give us this day our daily bread. Spend a little time on you. But then think about the person sitting next to you or in front of you. And ask God to give them the daily bread. And if there's a way you can help to make that clear to you, to be present. If something has come to mind, write it down so you don't forget what you're praying for for someone. I have been working over the last three weeks on the Mary translation of this prayer, and I realized that I have led you astray. Because I did what we always want to do. We want to put it in the first person. And I'm reading through it and going, God told you it's all about we and us. And so much of what I said is I in the prayer. So I went back and corrected it. So you have to hear the correct version plus what I add to it. When you're praying on your own, it's okay to pray it for you. But also pray it for all of us. Because that's the way we can uphold everyone. So would you please pray with me and I will give you Mary's version through the daily bread. Let's pray. Our Father, our Creator, Guide, and Protector, who is both in heaven and right here with us, reveal your holiness that all might recognize your power when they hear your name, that they might realize to whom we really belong. Help us to honor your name in all that we think, say, and do. 
May your kingdom invade every aspect of our lives to shape us into the people you created us to be. Though, Lord, there are many times that we want things our own way, may we realize that you know what is best. Help us to fully submit to your will, trusting you to guide us, just as you guide the angels in heaven. Please meet our basic needs each day, teaching us to gather and store only what we need and to fully trust you for our future. Out of our abundance, use us as you will to be the answer to the prayers of others who are struggling to have enough to live. Lord, let us spend time with you each day, giving you the opportunity to feed our souls with the manna that only you can provide. Amen. The ushers would please.